Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three. Clint, I was recently on the website of a popular mid-sized music venue looking at the calendar of upcoming shows. Of the 15 shows listed on its website, 13 of the shows were tribute acts. Put another way, only two bands in the upcoming month were playing original music. In this episode, we pay tribute to tribute bands and their legendary names. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people, we're going to come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, what is the best tribute band name of all time? That's the age-old question. So, Clint, not all tribute bands are created equal. That is the truth. There are some bad ones. There are some bad ones. But there are also some great ones. Some where you almost better than the original in a way, which is fascinating. And the thing about tribute bands is there's two types of tribute bands. There's the tribute band of a band that no longer exists, where a member is dead or... They just don't tour anymore. And there's no chance of seeing that. No chance of seeing that. But then there's this fascinating part of the industry where there's just bands playing the same catalog as the band you could go see next Thursday. But that band is not coming to Des Moines. Or if they are, they're coming once every three, four years. And you want to see them every Tuesday. Right. Or whatever. It's become a big thing. And I'm interested in discussing why that is. The cynical view is that people are just less interested in expanding their musical tastes. I would agree with that, actually, yeah. And they want to relive the songs that they know and love. And we've talked about that so many times on this podcast, about how you get lodged into the music that you love between the ages of 12 and 16. That's like your wheelhouse of music, and you sort of live there for the rest of your life. In some ways, the idea for this episode came in a previous episode, when we were talking to our friend Jeff Simons. I have a friend who plays in an Eagles cover band called the Illegals, and they are super good. They packed houses. By the way, the Illegals is such a great cover name. So good. Fantastic. I know. Jeff, you and I know Monroe Brisman. He's in Petty Theft. Petty Theft and I go way back. I love those guys. Petty Theft. The Illegals. (laughs) Great names both. These guys are playing sold-out shows to 2,000-seat venues. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the great names. Okay, First of all, the tribute band name is split up into two categories from my research. The first one is the pun. Right. The pun on the name of the band. Yes. And there is absolute gold Gold. about to happen right now. The second one is where they take a song of their catalog. Like a key lyric. Key lyric or a key song title and make that the band name. Right. I mean, I'm going to start with one. Yeah. Non Jovi. That's, 
Bon Jovi tribute act. Good one to start. Non Jovi. Well, I'll see your non Jovi and I'll raise you faux fighters. The faux fighters. <laughs> F-A-U-X. F-A-U-X. There's also the Foo Fakers. <laughs> That's the other thing is I love going down like to the same, the same band. band. Yeah. For ACDC, an all-lady ACDC tribute band, ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of ACDC tribute bands. I have another all-female ACDC tribute band, Hell's Bells. That's Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Hell's And there's this whole play on all female groups doing a male band and all male band doing female. For example, there's an all male band called Mandana for Madonna, and they do all Madonna songs, but they're all men. I made it through the wilderness. Somehow I made it through. There's an ACDC tribute band in Kansas City, and they're called KCDC. Oh, so good. That's pretty Such good. Such a good play. Here's one. Yeah. Deft Leopard. Very cool, right? That's Instead very- of Deft Leopard, Deft. Well, and then there's the all-women cover band of Led Zeppelin, Les Zeppelin. reggae version dread <laughs> zeppelin and that band is fronted by a 300 pound elvis impersonator no kidding yeah yeah people talking all about about the way you left me flat but i don't care what those people say i know where that jab is at How about this one? Yeah. The Kaiser Thieves. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's really good. What about this one for Oasis? Oasis. <laughs> that's that's my number one. <laughs> that was my favorite one. That's Oasis. <laughs> And there's another one for Oasis. No way, sis. N O space W A Y space S I S. Oh, that's good. No way, sis. That's really good. What about Slack Babbitt? Slack Babbitt. <laughs> And there's Mac Sabbath. They all dress up as McDonald's characters. 
So like the burglar, the hamburglar, the guy in the cheeseburger hat with horns. Incredible. Or no, he's the guitar player. What a niche. What a niche. And that's the thing. Right. And then there's bands like Pink Talking Fish, which is like a mashup of Pink Floyd, Talking Heads, and Fish. Right. And they've just found their little niche. They make a living touring, playing, but it's it's three bands instead of one band. Venn diagram of those three bands, they've just figured out there's enough people who are like, oh, I'll go see a Pink Floyd tribute band or a right. Fish tribute right. band right. or a Talking Yeah. An ABBA tribute band called Bjorn Again. Yeah. <laughs> you can dance, you can jump. That's good. There's actually a Dave Matthews tribute band called the Dave Matthews Tribute Band. Perfect. Perfect. Because it's the Dave Matthews Band. Right. Right. I thank y'all so much for coming and hanging out with us this afternoon at the Diplo Music Hall with the DMTV. Come check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and all that social media stuff. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much, everybody. Nirvana tribute band names. Okay. Nirvana. Nirvana. That's good. I got another one. Yeah. Novana. <laughs> or speaking of near, how about a Steely Dan cover band? Nearly Dan. <laughs> so good. <laughs> gotta wonder what came first the band name or the, or the actual act- band like totally they were sitting around and come up with these names i saw a band in denver colorado called super diamond and it was a neil diamond tribute act and this was before the tribute act thing started like there was a time period maybe in the late 2000s right where it started right, right? or maybe even early 2010s yeah and this was way before that. This guy was incredible. I saw that same year. I saw Super Diamond and I saw Neil Diamond at the Pepsi Center. Neil Diamond was better, but not by much. Where it began, I can't begin to know. But then I know it's growing strong. This guy crushed it, sounded exactly like him looked like him kick-ass band it was it was and it was super fun especially going to a band like that right because it's cheesy it's fun you know all the songs but it's they don't take themselves too seriously right whereas like i'm sure deft leopard takes it super seriously (laughs) they take it super seriously yeah zz top tribute called ZZ Topless. 
about a Van Halen tribute band called Sham Halen. <laughs> that's that's the ones I like. Where it's like it's like a play. We're just sitting around being like, what if there was a tribute band exactly. called Sham Halen? Yeah. And they're like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. That's this. It's almost the same as the Rolling Stones tribute band, the Rolling Clones. I heard, and I don't know if it was the Rolling Clones, but I heard that for a while the Rolling Stones had a tribute band as their soundcheck band. Oh my lord! And just toured the world. Just toured never the play world. for an audience, but play in these massive stadiums. Wow. That's reminiscent of. When Metallica recorded their All Covers album, yeah. they had a Metallica tribute band open up for them and play all Metallica songs, and then they played all covers. No kidding. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. That is really cool. Kid Rock cover band? <laughs> Kid Mock. That's the one. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. How about, how about Deep Purple Band? Cheap Purple. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> So, Herman Melville, the great American novelist of the 19th century, best known for writing Moby Dick, he said, it's better to fail in originality than to succeed in imitation. Melville, I'm guessing, would have never joined a tribute band. (laughs) But another writer, George Bernard Shaw, best known perhaps for writing the play Pygmalion, which would later be adapted into a musical under the name My Fair Lady, he had a different view. He said, imitation is not just the sincerest form of flattery, it's the sincerest form of learning. And I think you and I can appreciate that, right? I've roped you in to being the music director for probably 20 tribute bands. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yes. Over the course of the last 10 years. Yes. And each time you say, Rich, that's... That's it. it. Never doing it again. again. Because it's so much work. Right. And each time I I convince you to do (laughs) it. Of course. (laughs) Speak to that about like the education and the learning that you've experienced from going so deep on each of these artists. It's it's literally the most important part of my musical education. I truly believe that because it teaches you every aspect of songwriting because you see that Elton John doesn't write bridges. You see that Led Zeppelin does this. You see that Paul Simon does this all the time. And you learn these tricks of songwriting. But you also learn performance. And arrangement. Arrangement. Vocals. Like the harmonies in Queen or the Beatles are so intense. And you can, even as a fan of that music, listen to that over and over and miss some of those things. Big time. But doing the deep dive, learning the solos note for note, that's another thing. It's, it's given me licks. Learning Hotel California note for note, the guitar solo at the end, yeah. taught me everything I need to know about guitar solo. Can you give me a lick or two? It's this. That lick? Oh, man, that's like the... It's also about celebrating a catalog with a group of people. 
It's this camaraderie where you're celebrating and you're all in it together. What a lesson to learn. And that's all through doing these nights of tribute. tribute nights we've done. We've done Paul Simon, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Allman Brothers Eat a Peach, Van Morrison Moon Dance, Sergeant Peppers, Synchronicity by the Police, Led Zeppelin 4, yeah. Guns N' Roses, Roses, An Evening of Motown, Elton, Queen, Queen The Stones, Stones, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Oh my god, we think of how the many band, songs. Last Waltz, The Band. And that's and we're not talking like three or four tunes. You're talking about a two to three hour show of these artists right and you learn how to solo like the person you learn how they approach the instrument whether they're playing pentatonically whether they're playing modally whether there's so much involved in learning so that's like 15 to 20 tribute shows times 20 to 30 songs yeah it's a lot of songs. It's a lot of songs. It's a lot of songs. Is if everybody here would know exactly what I was talking about. We're talking about diamonds on the soles of the shoe. I read an article about people who devote themselves to being in tribute bands. And I was interested to know, like, is it for some people soul crushing or is it creatively artistically rewarding and i read a quote that probably captures the feeling that most people in successful tribute bands experience it's from a woman named chrissy griffith who plays in a talking heads tribute band called fear of music she said i did struggle a little bit with the idea of it at first i thought is this ethically something I want to do? Gee, how square could it be to play someone else's music? But to play to a room full of people who are losing their minds, it's incredibly rewarding in ways I didn't expect it to be. We can relate to that, right? Big time. When you start playing a song and the whole room erupts, and yeah. like, oh my God, this is the song that I, for right now, I want to hear yeah. right now. Yeah. That part is awesome. The part that I don't understand is the making your entire living off of it. It's such a fascinating thing. It's where is the boundary between being able to do that legally? Like if you're in a, let's just talk about fish for a second. Yeah. If you're in a fish tribute band. Yeah. And there are probably 25 names right here on my list of different bands throughout the country. Fish tribute bands. Fish tribute bands. They just play fish. But I can see fish. Anytime. Right. And some of these bands are doing well, touring all year long, selling out rooms all over. I don't know the legality of that. And again, like you're giving the audience something that it's craving. Yep. And you're playing music presumably that you love. Right. I was in a fish tribute band for a while. Huh. And it was so fun. But I can't imagine personally making my living that way. But that's just me personally. I want to talk to two people that are in tribute bands. Great. The first, I mentioned him earlier, Monroe Grisman. He's in Petty Theft, which is a Bay Area-based Tom Petty band. They have a massive following, and they fall into that category of you can no longer see them live. Yes. Tom Petty live. Let's call Monroe. Can't wait. Oh, and by the way, Monroe comes from a musical family. His dad is the famous mandolin player, David Grisman. We're going to talk to David Grisman's son? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) So Monroe, thank you so much for being a part of this. Today's question, what is the greatest 
tribute band name. But it's led us into a deeper conversation about the craft and the art of tribute bands. And you're obviously an incredible musician. I've followed your musical career for 20 plus years. And in that time, you've been part of a really beloved and celebrated tribute band to Tom Petty called Petty Theft. ask you about that first of all how did the band come about the band actually has a 18 19 year history the current lineup of the band has been together the core has been together for 12 years now and still going you know so it's a lot of fun as you know uh, i was in all original bands for most of my musical career Actually, I got offered to be in the band when I was still in American Drag, that original band. I think you probably remember those guys. I, re- I remember coming to see you guys in American Drag. And I had actually turned down Petty Theft because I was like, hey, I'm playing the Great American Musical on Slims with my original band. I don't really need to be in a cover band. and. But then I got asked again when I had nothing kind of going on. And I was like, well, hey, if there's one artist that would be fun to to do that with, it would be Tom Petty, because the catalog of songs is just so vast. There's just so much to dig into there. Uh, And at the time, you know, there were plenty of Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and Beatles. And but I at the time, I didn't know of any Tom Petty uh, tribute bands, although I learned there that there were some. And of course, after Tom passed, that number is probably doubled. Yeah, part of it for me was kind of like, oh, that that's some great music, great songs. I've always been a lover of great songs. And um, I, it's funny, I've always kind of, the word tribute, uh, you know, over the years has kind of gotten this connotation of bands that, you know, dress up like the band and play specific gear. And we've never been about that. We've always been more about celebrating the music. And, you know, while we try to honor certain things and play certain parts accurately and you know, uh, I'm not going to mess with the guitar line and breakdown. You know, you got to play that right, right? You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like to tell people we're a celebration and not really a, a tribute. Although, since he passed, the word tribute kind of has a whole nother connotation to it you know what i mean no it's interesting the that word is can be really loaded for some people and it can it it can be a negative connotation there's a lot of musicians out there that i think um have some hostility towards uh you know tribute and cover bands so to speak um and they feel like uh you know when they look on a calendar and it's being you know taken up by tribute bands uh there's some resentment there that especially if they're struggling in their career with their original music and everyone in our band still does original music and does stuff on the side so i remind people you know just because just because we're in a tribute or or a cover band or whatever you want to call it doesn't mean we're not you know regular musicians that also still write and create our own music that being said you know my answer to all of that kind of is you know what 
there's good original bands and there's bad original bands and there's good tribute bands and there's bad ones. At the end of the day, that's still musicians. It took us year six or seven before we started headlining rooms and definitely to the place where we are now. It took a long time, you know. I want to ask you too, Monroe, you yeah. grew up in a musical family, your, your dad, David Grisman. How early did music hit you? I don't know. It might have been when I was in the womb because my mom was playing bluegrass. She's playing stand up bass in one of my dad's bluegrass bands, apparently when, that, when she was pregnant with me. So um, she she always likes to tell me how, you know, she was wondering how that was that was affecting me at that point. You know, literally the bass is like reverberating on her on her belt, you know, <laughs> I'm right there. And I was like six or something. I, he saw me really getting off on violin playing probably because, you know, somebody like Mark O'Connor or Stefan Grappelli was playing fiddle in my living room. But it wasn't until I was about 12 or 13 that I got into guitar. I went out and I got my own guitar and to his uh, disappointment, it was it was an electric guitar, but <laughs> Jerry was around in my, uh, when they were doing Olden in the Way, I was like five years old. Uh, although I have some memories of that, you know, but what I, you know, I remember, you know, Tony Rice and, you know, playing guitar in my living room and, and Mike Marshall and, uh, and Mark O'Connor and, you know, geez, does everybody play guitar like this? <laughs> Took me a took me a while to kind of figure that out. I guess when I started learning how to play, I was like, okay, this doesn't. Everybody just doesn't just play like this. It's uh, it's actually a process. Do you still have occasions to uh, jam with your dad? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, it basically, it's uh, it's mandatory when I visit him that we, you know, he, he's handing me a guitar and let's let's do it, you know, like. And there's always somebody playing around the house, and uh, we never answered your question though. Who has the best name? The idea for this episode started when we were talking yeah. to uh, Jeff Simons. This is many, many episodes ago, but he was talking about Petty Theft and he was uh -huh. talking about the Eagles tribute band, The Illegals. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, wow, those are two incredible names. Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, Dan, Dan Durkin, our lead singer in Petty Theft, He's one of the founding members of the Illegals too. I knew there was some cross pollination. Yeah, there's some crossover there. And then of course, I love all the female tribute band names. I mean, they they have, you know, the Iron Maidens, you know, Zepparella, of course, ACDC. They have a lot to work with there. That's that's really great. But yeah, I hear a lot from a lot of people that they 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 love our tribute name. Uh, you know, it's, it's just great. I mean, the, the performance of the music just so first rate. The name is also fantastic. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for including me, man. Ciao. All right, that was Monroe Grisman. Wow, what an honor. That's so cool. Super cool guy, really good musician, and just very interesting that he has found meaningful success playing the music of Tom Petty. To me, it's so different when you cannot see the person anymore. Right. I would like to see that. I love Tom Petty. I would love to see that band. Let's call my bandmate Brian Chartrand. Great. In addition to being in The Sweet Remains with me, he runs a band called live from Laurel Canyon. 
which is in some ways a tribute band. It's a tribute to the music that emerged in the hills of Laurel Canyon in the 60s and 70s. Bands like Buffalo Springfield. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore. The Eagles. There are stars in the southern sky. Southward as you go. He makes a point of not doing super faithful interpretations. Uh, right. He is interested in finding his own and maybe a more modern spin on these songs. Cool. Oh, hey guys. Today's question, Brian, is we're talking about the best tribute band names of all time. And we've had a conversation about the craft and the art of the tribute band. You are the leader of a tribute band or a, a night of tribute music to the music of Laurel Canyon. And wanted to ask you what that's been like to put your own spin on this music. Interestingly enough, the, the, the original name for that project was going to be a tribute to Laurel Canyon. But my buddy, Mike Florio, who started that project with me, didn't want tribute to be in the name because he didn't want people to think that we are trying to replicate, that we're trying to sound like the album. So he wanted us to have the liberty to reinterpret these songs. So I was really grateful for that advice because we're, we're trying to be evocative in the name, but we're also not trying to be a tribute band. So we had to dance the line a little bit. We do a, a classic Doors song. Their first single was Light My Fire. We do more Jose Feliciano. No, it would be untrue. No, that I would be a liar. If I was to say to you, Get much high. Come, baby, like my fire. Come, baby, like my fire. Try to set the night on fire. Time to hesitate. What's your favorite song to play in that set? I am a huge uh, James Taylor fan. We do. Fire and Rain. That is one of my favorite songs to sing in the show. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans he made put an end to you. Walked out this morning, wrote down this song. Just can't remember who to send to. I've seen fire, I've seen rain. I've seen some love. But I also love just being a sideman and, and just playing rhythm acoustic guitar. And I'm really fortunate to have two other incredible singers that really have their own unique style. So just to support them is really gratifying. I, but I would have to say James Taylor just because that's my guy, my guy, JT, for life. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, brothers. Bye. Thanks, guys. Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You gotta help me make a stand. 
just got to see me through another day. I'm in a band right now called the Neon Ramblers. Formerly Dojo. We just changed the name. I didn't know that. The Neon Ramblers. The Neon Ramblers. Yeah, it's so great because we're having so much trouble with Dojo is such a Googled thing that you can't find us. So the Neon Ramblers.com. Who came up with that name? Jeffrey. It's like a, uh, it's in a way it's a tribute band. It's a tribute to the 80s. But how Brian changes the renditions. We're changing it into all bluegrass songs, which gives you like a creative way to arrange the songs and stuff. It's really compelling the way you guys do it. Let's listen to a song by the Neon Ramblers. so fun like to figure out what sections have the bluegrass on the one hand you're like oh i know that song yeah on another level you're like how cool that that song works as a bluegrass yeah song. wait what song is this i know this song what is it and then it gets to the chorus like oh i get another funny one yeah it's called mini kiss and it's little people in full kiss garb playing crushing versions of kiss songs highly recommend some youtube videos of this they're wildly successful wildly successful yeah mini kiss mini kiss (laughs) just gold my favorite is one of the greatest things I've ever experienced in my life. Okay. And we're going to have to play some cuts. Okay. They're a band from Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Beatallica. B-E-A-T-A-L-L-I-C-A. It's a mashup of Beatles and Metallica. And what they do is they sing Beatles songs in the style of Metallica. Some of their song titles are Hey Dude. So they're, they're actual Beatles songs but played in the style of the Metallica. And the guy sounds exactly like James Hetfield. Hey, dude. It's true not saying. <laughs> Take a brass song and make it better. Remember that metal is in your heart. Then you can start to be a It's so clever and creative. And I think that's what I love about it so much is that not only is it well done in their mashups, genius in finding where the things connect. The minute you let us under your skin, then you'll begin to be a That's not my favorite tribute name. Conceptually, your favorite. Conceptually, my favorite. My favorite, I think, is Oasis. I I think Oasis is... They win. They win. Oasis. Congrats, fellas. Say it out loud. If you're listening to the show, just say that word out loud. It's kind of fun to say. Did we do it? I think we... We we definitely did it. I feel good about our choice. Oh, it's so funny. We hope you had fun, as much fun as we did. And we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old question.
Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.